coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Uh, and then started my first job in a coffee shop. Oh, was, uh, oh wow, <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, I was a barista. And I went to open the first nightclub, uh, bar nightclub in downtown Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And I kept that for three years. That's a little bit different than the coffee business. Yeah, just a uh, little. <laughs> the opposite. Um, and then the, the, the deal fell through. So we looked around and, and decided what's missing in St. Pete, Tampa, Tampa Bay. And at the time, you didn't have many coffee shops. You know, you had the big green, green giant that we all know. Yes. Mm-hmm. And a right. couple local guys around. And uh, we decided to create cow. Coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida, you're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to. But you should. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Just hit the subscribe button and new episodes will automatically download. And then you can listen to them anytime you want, like on your morning jog or commute to work. On today's show, our featured interview is with Raphael Perrier, the founder and co-owner of Kawa Coffee Roasting. We find out from Raphael that his first job out of university was as a coffee barista at La Colombe Coffee Roasters when it was a small company. Now they actually have 30 locations. It's where he met his wife, Sarah, and obviously came in handy later when he started Kawa. We have a great show, so stick around. I must admit, when Booyah Ramen opened nearly two and a half years ago, I wasn't really all that excited. I really couldn't understand how a restaurant could survive serving just ramen. Boy, was I ever wrong. Of course, all I really knew about ramen was the packaged grocery store noodles that I ate on for really cheap in college. I did not understand that ramen is really a thing, a big thing. Kevin is the lover of all things soup in our household, and he was determined to introduce me. I'm so thankful he did. The broth has a complexity that you can't understand until you try it. It has to cook for hours and hours and for some nearly 24 hours to obtain all of the complex layers. But Booyah isn't just about ramen. It is a hip, upbeat environment meant for unwinding and socializing with housecrafted cocktails, a large selection of Japanese whiskey and izakaya too. Booyah is located at 911 Central Avenue in downtown St. Pete and is open seven days a week at 11 a.m. Do ya, Booyah? We are here on the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. I'm Kevin Godby. My co-host is downtown Lori Brown. (laughs) And Abby is here. In the test kitchen. Hello. Hey, Abby. Hello. My favorite time of the month. You're still breaking the record. Still, I'm like, how how can she top what she did last time? You're still doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yes, delicious today. We had meatballs. They were lamb meatballs. Lamb meatballs with mint pesto and a whole bunch of other stuff. And go. 
<laughs> so these lamb meatballs, so simple. In them, it's ground lamb, a pound of ground lamb, uh, a fourth of a red onion, a uh, five to six generous size cloves of garlic. Mm-hmm. Uh, How do you do the garlic? Do you chop it or? So I have a garlic uh, press. press. Yes. Okay, so you do press it. I do the press just for the meatballs. And, right. Yeah, because yeah, you kind of have to get that more. Yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. easier for this. So um, the garlic, uh, cumin, a little bit of red pepper flake, uh, the zest of an entire lemon. For a pound of, of lamb yes. meat. Okay. Yes, per mm-hmm. pound of lamb meat. Uh, two pasture-raised eggs. Uh, what else? Oh, the feta. Can't forget mm-hmm. the feta. Mm-hmm. There's a half yeah. cup of feta cheese in there, half cup of breadcrumbs. Am I leaving anything out? Oh, and the mint and the dill, which also mm-hmm. adds a fresh, vibrant little bite. And I, I might get some some hate for not searing these meatballs. I know a lot of people, there's a big controversy over searing, not searing the meatballs, but these ones actually, I did not sear. I just throw them in the oven at 400 for about 25 minutes, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I, I have to admit, I'm a searing Nazi. He is. But that's really for, for me, for Italian meatballs, yes. because that's how I grew up with the Italian meatballs. So when those are not seared, I'm not happy. Right. These... Not a problem. Right. right. Yeah. But you could sear them and they oh, would be really good too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just the lamb. I, I didn't because lamb to me when it's overcooked, mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. dull. It's bad. It's chewy. It's It just takes a lot away from it. So that's why I kind of shied away from it. But if you want to sear them, absolutely go right. for it. Just right. maybe want to turn down your bake time in the oven about 10 minutes or so just mm-hmm. keep an eye on them right and by the way as usual this recipe is on the website on stpetersburgfoodies.com just go to the recipe section it'll be right there at the top and so one thing that I wanted to say that I thought was pretty cool I I'm still I'm still learning I'm happy to say actually I'm still learning we should and, always be still learning but one of the things that I was uh, lacking on in the past like I, I would get whatever food and it would come with uh, a slice of mm-hmm. lime or a slice of lemon right. mm-hmm. and I kind of didn't pay attention to it. I, was, I just considered it like a garnish and put it on the side. And then I learned, you know, in recent months to squeeze that citrus mm-hmm. on there and it really adds a whole new dimension. So you served it with a slice of lemon, of lemon yeah. and I did squeeze it onto the meatballs mm-hmm. and then I'm eating and I'm like, wow, I can't believe how much that added to it. But then, but then you said, there's lemon zest. I'm like, aha, mm-hmm. <laughs> there, that's that in there too. too. Yes. Well, I, and what I did is I took a bite without anything. Mm-hmm. So that was my first bite was nothing. Mm-hmm. Then I took the lemon and I squeezed it over both because I trusted that it was going to mm-hmm. do what it was supposed to do. <laughs> then I tried it with just the lemon and then I tried it with the lemon and the mint pesto and sauce. And you were yeah. doing a whole uh, experiment I did. There. And yeah. I didn't tell you what I was doing. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> it was definitely better all together. Mm-hmm. All the com- and they all tasted good, but it was better all together. You, yeah. could get, you got the vibrancy, you got the... Mm-hmm. the the feta goes so well with the lamb because that's a different choice of cheese. Yes. Yeah. <coughs> Play on the traditional Parmesan and, mm-hmm. you know, most Italian meatballs. Right. Yeah. And, yep. and I did that in the in the pesto, too. Instead of using Parmesan, I used a little bit of feta in there as nice. well. So the, they complemented each other well. Yeah. The, it's amazing how much the feta adds, how many dimensions. It adds a little bit of saltiness, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of, not umami, but it, it adds a little bit of heft to it, a little bit more oomph to it, I guess. A little depth. Yeah, depth. a little depth. That's the word. And I think word. the one thing it does for me too is sometimes for me, lamb, even when it's really good, lamb can be a little gamey. Yes. And I feel like that the feta 
it's not too strong or overpowering. It more complements that and covers it up a bit. Absolutely. Agreed. Absolutely. I had another question. Speaking of learning something all the time. Yes. I'm not a person that uses a lot of zest in things. Mm -hmm. And to me, the thought of doing this to to an entire lemon, Mm -hmm. what's your fastest way of getting the zest off of an entire lemon? I use a microplane. Okay. So... I had not used a microplane up until last year. Mm-hmm. Mike just couldn't believe it. He said, you never had used a microplane? Right. <laughs> so I got three for Christmas, three different kinds of microplanes, and it's it's the best. It, 30 seconds, you turn that lemon, and it's... And you do uh, it before you, you don't cut the lemon or anything mm-mm. at that point? Nope, okay. nope, don't, don't cut it. leave it whole. Lemon. Yeah, leave it whole and zest it, and then save, save it for, of course, other you, uses. For yeah. ju- using the juice of it. Yeah, actually, I use the juice from the one I zested in the in the pesto oh mm-hmm. nice yeah so Good. multifunctional lemon yeah like i said before the zest adds so much to it and i think it's one of the things that uh gets left out of a lot of recipes you don't mm-hmm. see zest called for that much mm-hmm. so another cool thing about the uh, lamb meatballs with mint pesto is you can build a full entree around it or it can be a side or an appetizer yes like what are, what are some of the some of your ideas on that so Honestly, initially, my thought was a lemony roasted potato, you know, Mm -hmm. just a simple roasted red potato, maybe quartered, uh, roasted in the oven with lemon, olive oil, salt, pepper, something simple because the the lamb and the pesto kind of speaks for itself. It's a, you know, you don't want anything to to overpower it. Mm -hmm. Right. But of course, it would be a great appetizer to have. It would be, I mean, you could have it on sliders if you wanted to. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, it's a pretty versatile, well-rounded dish that you could do a lot with. So. Mm -hmm. And I want to thank Lori for giving me some of her meatballs, too. You're welcome. <laughs> you, only got, you only got half, but you're welcome. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, they were awesome. Check that out on the website, stpetersburgfoodies.com recipe section. And stay tuned for some more St. Petersburg Foodies podcast. Thank you, Abby. Thank you, Abby. Thank you. Have you checked out the new seafood place on Beach Drive yet? You know, Altomari Fish Bar? It's not the standard type of seafood place around here. They fly in fresh stuff from all over the world, and it's not a Florida-themed joint. It's an elegant, European-inspired menu, but it's not pretentious or overpriced. Here's what some Yelpers had to say. The food was outstanding. The service was excellent. We went the small plates route, sharing four. Light, fresh, sweet, sour, and savory touches balancing nicely on each plate. Every dish was splendid. We'll go back for sure. My group especially liked the crab arancini and scallops with corn salsa. However, I do not eat seafood. There were plenty of options for me. The lemon chicken was very good, and the cheese filo underneath was to die for. Salt and vinegar french fries are my new favorite fry. They come with the lobster roll, which my friend really enjoyed as there was light mayo and big lobster chunks. Another one says... We opted to share several small plates rather than getting full entrees. A dozen raw West Coast, great. Marrow topped with tuna tartare, great. Cobia collar, great. Beef carpaccio, great. And octopus, great. I guess everything was great. The recommended wine was good and paired well with seafood. The flavors were delicious and the service was prompt. Check out Altomari Fish Bar at 300 Beach Drive in downtown St. Petersburg. They are open every day at 4 p.m. We are here on the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. I'm Kevin Godby. My co-host is Lori Brown. And our guest today is the founder and co-owner of Kawa Coffee Roasting, Raphael Perrier. Welcome to the the show. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. 
Can you say that in French? Merci de m'avoir euh, aujourd'hui. Je suis très content d'être ici. Right. I didn't mean like, can you say it? Like, I don't know that you could say it. I knew, I knew you could say it in French. I just wanted to hear it. Oh. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds longer, <laughs> but <Yeah>. prettier. <laughs> We're going to talk about Kawa a little bit in a few minutes, mm -hmm. but let's find out more about you. You studied marketing in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Yes. I came in, uh, in America in 96. I did a, a BBA in marketing uh, from Temple University mm -hmm. in Philadelphia. Yep. Uh, why Philadelphia? Because I did a school in Lyon in France uh, that had a partnership with uh, Temple University. Ah, okay. So I came the last year here to graduate. Graduated in 96. Uh, no, actually came in 96, graduated in 97. Uh, and then started my first job in a coffee shop. Oh, was, uh, oh wow, <laughs> really? Yeah. I was a barista. That was my Which first job. Which coffee shop? A coffee shop called, sorry, a coffee shop called um, La Colombe, which is now a big company in America, uh, oh. all over Philadelphia, New York, uh, LA, Chicago. Became one of the biggest companies, if you want, left that you know no one has bought out yet. Um, and worked there for four years. I was a barista, then I became the manager of the shop. After that, I went into the wholesale business with them. They, I worked with them at a the time we were a small coffee company, so it was the owners and a couple mm -hmm. of people working with them, which was fun because I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, learned the roasting process. Um, I also did a lot of sales for them. Uh, worked with Steven Starr, worked with um, uh, Georges Perrier, uh, Jean-Georges, Daniel Boulou, all those people. So mm -hmm. that was my clientele that I had at the time. And after six years of uh, fun and working, I uh, decided to leave. And I went to open the first nightclub, uh, bar nightclub in downtown Philadelphia. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. And I kept that for three years. It's a little bit different than the coffee business. Yeah, just a uh, little. <laughs> the opposite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Total opposite. Right. Um, when did so, you meet Sarah? So I met her when I was working in the coffee shop. Mm. Uh, she actually was a dancer at the time, modern mm -hmm. uh, classic uh, ballet dancer. And the choreographer that she has at the company was a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. uh, told me I have a wonderful girl for you to meet and brought it to the coffee shop. And that was out. that. Huh? That was it. Went <laughs> after for six months. And after six months, he finally said yes. And so that's where we met. And um, that's still in Philadelphia now. That was in Philadelphia. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. That was 90, 98. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we've been together for a long time. Yeah. Geez, way 30 too long. years. Yeah. <laughs> no, 21 years. 20, 21 wow. years. Yeah, yeah I'm doing years. like calculations wrong. Yeah, 21, 21 <laughs> years together, yeah. So yeah, it's 20. been a long time. Um, and then, so she was a dancer. She, uh, she, she, you know, toured uh, in all the United States and all those things. And then uh, she injured herself. She couldn't dance anymore. Then she went to um, do uh, manage the company, the dance company, non-profit. So which is a funny story why I'm saying that, because when we started Kawa, mm -hmm. Uh, I asked her to come on to be with me to manage the company because I figure if you can manage a non-profit, you should be able to manage a Absolutely. potential profit one. Right, right. <laughs> right. So, so that was the idea. So I, um, I had the nightclub for three years until Sarah told me that's it, enough, because mm. uh, I loved the night business. It was a lot of fun, it's, uh, but it, you know, it, it takes a toll on you. After a while. And our relationship for sure. Family and, and our relationship and, yeah. and you don't teach other and you know my... Mm -hmm. I used to go home at like, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning, five right. o'clock in the morning. I mean, I mean, you know, it's part of night business. Yes. Um, so after, so after three years, we sold it and moved down to uh, St. Pete. 
Why St. Pete? Because Sarah's family was here. She wasn't born here, but she was raised here since she was five years old. Mm-hmm. So we came, uh, we started coming to St. Pete in, uh, I think, 2000. 2000. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I came down here. Uh, a dad was... Very uh, different then. Oh, my. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. it was, it was, uh, and a dad was in construction, uh, still in construction. They developed the Vinoy, for example, things like that. So mm-hmm. I got to know the area pretty well with them. Um, love waking up in the morning and the Vinoy with, you know, a beautiful sky blue sky and then going back to Philadelphia with like the gray and right <laughs> so after like I think four or five five years I think I told him like you know I'm really tired of Philly so let's just move and so we sold everything came down here and move and actually we came down here to open a barn club again mm-hmm. uh, we were going to take over the cevi- what is now ceviche right downtown mm-hmm. uh, we worked on that deal for six months and what, what year was that it was oh. 2004. Four. Okay. Yeah, 2004. No, 2005, sorry. 2005. Mm-hmm. We got married in 2004. And 2005, we moved. And uh, for six months, didn't work out at all. I played golf for six months, which was fantastic. <laughs> I played really good after six months of just playing golf. Um, and then the, the, the deal fell through. So we looked around and, and decided what's missing in St. Pete, Tampa, Tampa Bay. And at the time, you didn't have many coffee shops. You know, you had the big green, green giant that we all know. Yes. Mm-hmm. And a right. couple of local guys around, and uh, we decided to create Cow. And that's where we're at now. That was 2006 at the first uh, the coffee f- shop opened? No, that yeah. we opened the company in 2006, the roasting. And then we did roasting ah. wholesale for two years, and then the first shop was 08. Oh, okay. So, so retail, I didn't retail know that came, that came after. first. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, we, did, we did it... Uh, you know, when, when we created the company, we knew what we were doing. So it was easier to just do the roasting, try to go on the wholesale, and try to create that brand, and then do the shop, as in, later on. Uh-huh. That's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. We did, we did get to go on a tour so that they, yes. the, our audience knows of the uh, Kawa Roastery, but he did not tell us that story while we were there. Mm-hmm. By the way, on the blog post on the show, for the show notes, we will have uh, links to the Kawa website. We'll also have a video that we got to shoot mm-hmm. when we were on our tour. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and there will be some more information. So, so yes. if, if you're listening to this episode on a podcast app, it's worth it to go to stpetersburgfoodies.com to the website and find the episode because there will be a lot more information and a really cool video of the beans coming out of the roaster. Yes. Yeah, we always just assumed that cause since we know the retail, mm-hmm. right. the coffee shops, that that was it. And there's uh, the second one right outside my front door. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so you did the wholesale. Yes. And you, you know, we're going to get into Kawa in a moment. So why don't we just, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk all about Kawa because there's a lot of really cool stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. And coffee stuff too. We will be right back. <laughs> One of our favorite places to go eat in St. Pete is Engine Number no. 9. They've been a staple in downtown St. Pete coming up on seven years, and they are famous for their unique and tasty burger creations. As a matter of fact, they are on the St. Pete Foodies list of best burgers in St. Pete. They also made the best hot dogs list, the best chilies, and the best wings in St. Pete. Aside from the food, Engine Number no. 9 is a great sports bar with lots of TVs, beer, and wine. And you can even get a regular old cheeseburger, too, so you can bring your non-adventurous eater friends. Check out Engine Number no. 9 at the corner of MLK and 1st Avenue North in downtown St. Pete. Their burgers can't be beat. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we all know that Anada, restaurant and wine bar that is, has fantastic food, specials, cheese and charcuterie, and we've talked about that and could go on all day long. But did you know that they have a fantastic happy hour every single day, not just Monday through Friday, but every day that they're open from 4 to 6 p.m., they have $3 beer, $3 select white and red wines. And then they also run other specials um, on Tuesday all day. It's half off of salads, half off of pastas, and half off of flatbreads. And on Sunday Funday, from open till close, it's half off wine bottles under $100. They have music nights on Monday and Wednesday from 6 to 9 p.m. And they have fantastic wine, so you, and they're at al- almost always at great price points. But they do have, if you'd like to bring your own bottle, you can, for a corkage fee of $25 per bottle, as long as they do not sell that same vintage. So if you have a particular special wine that you have been saving for a special occasion, probably at a higher price point because it would be silly to pay $25, this would be a good time to use that. Another restaurant and wine bar is open at 4 p.m. every day. They are located at 300 Beach Drive in beautiful downtown St. Petersburg. You really must go to Anada. We are back with uh, Raphael Perrier, the founder and co-owner of Kawa Coffee Roasting. And just before we get deep into coffee stuff and Kawa stuff, we should also do a shout out. Uh, We talked about, mentioned Sarah, your wife. You also have two daughters, Camille Mm -hmm. and Emma. Yes. Amazing daughters. So if you're listening and it's late at night, it's time for you to go to bed. Just kidding. (laughs) How old are they? Um, They're 13 and almost eight. Oh, okay. Yes. They don't have to go to bed that early. Okay. (laughs) You can stay up. A little bit. Yeah. So, Kawa, we have the coffee shops, which are Mm -hmm. you up to 13 or 14 now? 14, yeah. 14. And then four licensed deals, so 18. Right. And five of those are in St. Pete. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Number one was St. Pete North. That's up by 5th and and 3rd Street. Second. Or second. second. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Kawa South, which is my Kawa. Mm -hmm. Second and second South. Yep. downtown St. Pete. And you're also co-owner of Second and Second North. Mm, yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Right. Right. Second and Second, 24-hour diner. So if you wake up at uh, 2 or 3 in the morning and you're starving, something is open. Mm-hmm. I was there last night. It was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Very happy. <laughs> so back to Kawa. Yeah. So a lot of people might not know that aside from the all the shops in the Tampa Bay area that you have distribution, mm-hmm. not just nationally, but worldwide. I would say, yeah, I, I mean, international, yes. International, international. Let's say, let's say yeah. international, yes. The yes. Caribbean. Caribbean. And, the yeah. Caribbeans, you know, uh, the Bahamas, Turks and Caicos, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, but you are a boutique specialty coffee company, mm-hmm. company mm-hmm. so the places that people will find them are, will fit that. Yes. You, mo- most of the time, the clientele that we have fits the same idea than the shop that we have which is um, we're not exclusive to high-end, but we try to keep it out of, um, I would say, a gas station or, you know. Or McDonald's. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, and you can find Kawa in like five-star hotels and restaurants, Kawa Coffee. Yeah, that's the idea. We, we are, you know, if you go to St. Pete, for example, Cassis, Park Shore, 400 Beach, Eritorno, uh, Brick and Mortar, mm-hmm. uh, Tampa, you got, you know, Mise en Place, you know, places like that. We do... a a very high-end resort in um, Utah mm-hmm. called uh, Amangiri, which is part of the Amman Group. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. Uh, Amman is one of the most exclusive resorts in the world. Right. So we, we try, you know, to do places like that. Not that's all we do. Right. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun side of what we've been doing so far. So have you tried to do any places in Paris or in France uh, since you are from there? 
yes and yes and no. <laughs> we uh, we actually uh, we actually try to do a couple of things in France, but uh, it's a very difficult thing to do when you're not there and when you're not focused on trying to grow mm-hmm. the brand there. So we had Kawa coffee uh, in a couple of places down there, mm-hmm. and then it's not really something that I can focus on right now. I have someone there, so now right now put on hold. Gotcha. Right. It's not easy managing from a distance. Right. It's very difficult. Plus, again, I think the the, the coffee f- culture in France, believe it or not, I think is behind what we have in America, what we have in Australia. What really? We, have in, we in won't tell Italy. them that you said that when we go there. Mm-hmm. You can. <laughs> okay. Speaking of Australia. You, you, you will. We, we, oh, just, yes. we just had, um, there's, uh, we have another group called Foodies Home Creations. Mm-hmm. And in that group, the, right when we first formed it, an Austri- Australian woman joined. And she just cooking up a storm. So it's all home cooking stuff. Most beautiful pictures and all this. So this has been, what, three years now? Two, mm-hmm. two and a half years? Anyway, her husband and um, her came and stayed with us this weekend. That's the first oh, time we've nice. ever met them. And uh, they kept talking about how much they missed their Australian coffee. Yep. I actually ordered Australian coffee to have there for them. They were not impressed. Oh. But they heard about you. And then on their way back to Georgia, because he's stationed there for a couple of years in the Australian Army, they picked up Kawa. Oh, yeah. oh, Australian, nice. Australian <laughs> Air Force. Yes. Oh, nice. oh sorry, yeah, Air Force. Actually, Air right Force. before you got, I'll show you when we're done. But right before you got here, I get a private message in Messenger. And he sent me the photo of the Kawa coffee bag and his uh, espresso <laughs> machine. And then he sent a video with it, you know, with the fancy machine with it comes out the two sides. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. 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 We, we call that a ra- the rat tail. Rat tail? Yes, okay. because the, the, the extraction of the coffee kind of designed a rat tail. So the perfect extraction for a shot is actually the rat tail extraction. Oh, okay. Ah. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we, we were talking to them about our roostery tour and all of that. And so just, just yeah, letting you know, they, know because they're coffee, happy with coffee, their car Coffee is really, really good in Australia. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and if it's not obvious from the previous part of the conversation, all of Kawa coffee is roasted locally here in St. Pete. It is. Yes. 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 And. And here's a cool thing. Kawa is the original name for coffee throughout Africa. Yes. Oh. Ethiopia. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coffee was discovered in Ethiopia in the Kaffa region, which is spelled K-A-F-F-A. Mm-hmm. And from Kaffa, it became Kawa. And the original spelling for Kawa is Q-U-A-H-W-A. So we took the Q-U out and put a K to Americanize it. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys also focus on blends over single origin yes uh, we, we truly believe that creating a blend is makes a big difference in in coffee um, anybody could do a single origin tomorrow for example i give you some green beans from costa rica you can put it on your stove top and you can make coffee mm-hmm. create coffee right uh, there is no real science about just a single origin. I mean, of course, you have the, the, the roasting process, yes, but there's not too much creation behind there. Doing a bean, you try to create a taste at the end that makes sense with different coffees. Uh, Brazil will give you some body to it. Uh, Colombian will bring you, bring you some acidity to your coffee. A Costa Rican will bring you the sweetness. So you try to balance all those coffees to create the perfect cup at the end. Like a blend of wine. It's exactly the same mm-hmm. thing, you know, and... I'm French. The French said for a hundred years that single grape, single grape, <laughs> single grape, that's the best thing in the world. Turns out that when the U.S. starting to make wine, they create amazing wine by blending mm-hmm. the grapes. And the French were like, what is going on? I don't understand. And now if you look at the biggest wines in the world, they actually blend. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, it's the same idea with the coffee. 
mm-hmm. coffee and wine are very similar, which yeah. I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yes. Yes, we like them both yes. very much. <laughs> but are you though sometimes doing special roasts where they uh, yes. are? You, so you have some single origin yes. stuff on yes. occasion. Yes, we do. Every week we have a single origin coffee. Okay. In in the shops uh, mm-hmm. and available for wholesale customers, uh, we do some f- fun stuff like the Bali Blue Moon, uh, an organic Colombian things like that. But um, and the great coffees. My personal taste is it's you're always going to miss something in the single origin. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a beautiful, sweet coffee, but you're not going to have as much one body. note. Just Exa- one, exactly. Right. right. Uh, I think the key of the blend, and again, I think the blend is the blending is is a uh, it's really knowing your coffee. It's be able to create something that's unique, that's you know, differentiate Kawa from anywhere else, from anybody else. And right. it's, it's I think the signature blends that we have is really what set us apart from other companies, national or or local companies. And as far as the shops go, something else that uh, just they're a great place to hang out. Aside from just get, yes, going to get a yes. uh, cup of coffee, a lot of people bring their laptops to hang out. You have free mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. Sure, uh, you have some pastries and other food items as well. Yes, we have uh, we have croissant, chocolate croissant, muffins, uh, um, pound cakes. Uh, we have a lot of uh, uh, breakfast sandwiches. Right. We do a ton of breakfast sandwiches. We do a lot of things in house, and then what we don't do in house, we use local bakers. Uh, we always made a point, you know, when we started a company, people supported us locally. So we always made a point to support local as much as we can. Uh, you know, that's the idea behind what we've been doing in the shops, on the community. Everything that we do is part of supporting everybody around us. Yeah, that's a that is a big thing in St. Pete for it sure. Is. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what we do for the restaurants. Yeah. <laughs> and, and at the shops, you can buy packaged coffee as yes. well. And I just learned today that you also have pods for Keurig. Yeah, K-Cups. Yes. And, and they're recyclable, the ones that yes, you have. Yes, 100% recyclable, yes. We, I think we are the only company in Florida that does have K-Cups uh, that's not a big national chain. Uh, we did this because it took us three months to come out with that, that cup because we wanted to make sure that cup matches the cup in the shop. That was very important to us. So we designed that for about three months. And we came out with that about three years ago, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's doing very, very well. So, f- funny thing, if you just look right <laughs> over there. I was just going to say that. I, I was going to hide that Uh-oh. before you came over. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I, I actually have, oh, the, no. the, I have the Starbucks version, but it's, oh, but it's no. the coffee pods. Oh, and no. I was like, okay, we have a real coffee guy coming. I better hide. <laughs> Next time you should tell me I'll bring you some at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, those, they're only fit the very smooth. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. not, the, not the cure. Oh, that's a very small. Just the Starbucks. Yeah. They don't even think they make them anymore. The no, they Starbucks. don't. I think they stopped that. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So before we get off, of, I want to get coffee geeky in a minute. But uh, just you guys won Creative Loafing's uh, Reader's Choice for Best Coffee Shop every year from 2010 all the way up to 2017. 18. 18. <laughs> Got to update the website. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, so... That's saying something right there, so congratulations on that. Thank you. Uh, you guys have some of the uh, blends that you offer. Uh, you have the uh, Sirocco, mm-hmm. is it? that's the drip coffee blend. Yes. The Mistral is the espresso blend. Mm-hmm. The Boreas mm-hmm. is the light blend. Mm-hmm. Zonda mm-hmm. is decaf. Mm-hmm. Is, does, how, how popular is decaf? It's, it's pretty popular, to be honest. It's, it's, uh, it's, we use... Um, uh, unique decaf. It's it's a, it's a water Swiss processed decaf, which you know is more expensive when you buy it, but it's 100% natural. There's no chemical to it, so people trying out decaf are actually surprised at the decaf. It has taste to it, mm-hmm. so that's why it's pretty Good. pretty popular to it. How and do you, how do you get the caffeine out of 
you beans. wash the beans, take the caffeine and the flavor out, and then put the flavor back in the coffee. The, the caffeine that you take out, can you give it to me? <laughs> <laughs> Don't the, give it to Lola. No, no. <laughs> the dog doesn't need That's it for sure. <laughs> it's a, there's, there's actually no, no um, decaffeinated plants in America. It's all done outside the U.S. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah. It's a pretty big plant usually to do that. It's, it's a pretty intense process. In, in, in the uh, single origin coffees, mm-hmm. you offer uh, organic Colombian, fair trade Rwanda, and organic Bali Moon, Blue Moon. Blue Moon, yeah. And they, those rotate weekly. Yes. And then we have more coffees also mm-hmm. on, a weekly, on a weekly basis. It was interesting when we came to visit the roastery, you were telling us about how the beans need to rest a little bit. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that? Yeah, the, be- the beans need to breathe. Um, once you roast your coffee, the coffee comes out. It's, uh, I wouldn't say dry, but it's not oily. Uh, when you look at your coffee, most of the time when you do, you have oily coffee around. That means the coffee breathes for a while. Um, right. When the coffee breathes, it releases CO2. Mm-hmm. That CO2 is what gives you that oil looking to your coffee. So when you have someone that tells you, I roast the coffee and you're drinking the day after, it's usually missing that day, 48 hours, um, according to the blends, that you need to sit and actually be able to enjoy the full, fla- full flavor of the blend or the coffee. Uh, it's like, you know, if, I, if you drink a Beaujolais Nouveau, it's an okay wine. If you drink a Beaujolais a year, two years later, it's a totally different wine. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the coffee, except that you don't need to wait a year. It's about a couple of days. Okay, so a couple, couple of days. Mm-hmm. It's a, does it also vary depending on what type of beans they are? It and, depends and, on the roast. And how they were roasted? Yes, it depends mm-hmm. on the roast mostly. Not really the beans, but the roast mostly, yes. Ah, okay. So the, the, darker, the darker the roast, the sooner you can drink it. The, uh, the lighter the roast, the more time you need for right. the coffee to breathe. Right. And, that, and, you, and you showed us, too, the beans that came right out, right, the ones that we took the video of, mm-hmm. that they were dry. Mm-hmm. And then ones that had rested had a... Uh, a nice oily sheen to them. exactly and then and then once you get that shiny um look to the coffee you have about i would say two to three weeks according to what you do and then that coffee becomes stale that's where it loses its oils again mm-hmm. so right. you have that period where the perfect cup if you want is you know a three week span from two days after it's roasted to you know three weeks and two days if you want right and that's why you guys try to keep a what's called a just-in-time inventory exactly low inventory we have in the under warehouse uh and try to, I wouldn't say roast on demand, but almost roast on demand. Mm-hmm. So what about the new coffee trends? And we've seen a lot of stuff like that lately, cold pressed. and Yes, the, the cold brew, the nitro brew, all this is you know, the, big, the big thing right now. Nitro, cold brew came out, I would say about eight years ago, believe it or not. Uh, it's not a brand new thing, right? You know, it just seems new. It's suddenly exactly because they were exploding. Uh, you know, our, our sales went up from you know being five, ten percent of the sales to about forty percent of mm-hmm. the of the sales. So it's a, it's a big bump. Um, we just came out with the cans, uh, nitro cans, copper cans, available in uh, in our stores, in supermarkets, going over there, uh, pretty much everywhere, which is good. And um, they are. How many different cans do you have, and what are the differences? We have a nitro can and a cold brew can, okay. um, which are, you know, the, the first two step, if you want a can, it's to bring the regular and the nitro. Now we're working on uh, bringing a latte, uh, nitro, a latte, a cold brew, um, and then you keep on, keep on developing that line. It's a very convenient thing for people. In our stores, we sell them, but as we have the nitro and the cold brew and that on tap, 
uh, it's not really the place where you sell a lot of them. Um, supermarket like you know Publix, uh, Whole Foods, things like that. That's where you really people like a grab and go on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a, like, again, it's a convenience thing more than anything else. Uh, uh, we worked on them for about six months to make sure again that the quality of the coffee was exactly the same um, than you have in the shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the issue we had is you can't really do them shelf stable because when you do a shelf stable product on the cold side, you have to heat up the product mm-hmm. to make it shelf stable, which actually affects the taste of the coffee no matter what you do. So we end up going with a cold product, which you have to bring cold, uh, which is not an ideal situation if you want, but it's at least something that we are very happy with at the end of the product. We finally made a good cold brew in a can. Where does a consumer find that if you don't hold, have them in your stores? They find them in uh, Holy Notes. Uh, we're getting to Publix right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of our wholesale customers like uh, Cassis, the bakery, mm-hmm. uh, all the restaurants like Park Shore have started having the can. Um, it's growing little by little, having fun with it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Whole Food is going to carry it. We're getting nice. to uh, nine Whole Foods. We just got a deal uh starting with Lucky's, where we're going to do the 21 stores nice. uh, in Florida. Great. So uh, it's all those places that, you know, we're trying to bring. But again, the fact that it's a cold brew, it's a cold can itself, it's uh, not that easy to ship and to right. send everywhere you want. Right. So that's mm-hmm. the only, you know, kind of withdrawal we have on that. Right. I'll be uh, checking it out at Rolling Oats. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Raphael, thank you so much for spending time with us. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. And it's uh, Kawa K A. H-W-A Coffee.com Yes, it is. (laughs) Thanks, Raphael. Thank you, guys. We will be right back. This is Chris Walker And you're listening to Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer-songwriter. Today, for our musical guest, Frankie Ray is back. She has a new album out titled Brave. We will feature the title track from the album, and this time we do a foodie lightning round and learn more about Frankie. Frankie Ray, welcome back to the show. Hi. You were originally on episode 13 the first mm-hmm. time, so if anybody wants to go back and hear that, they can. And you've already answered the Fast Five Foodies questions, so we have a foodie lightning round for you today. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's where it's fast questions. It's like either-or questions. Okay. Congratulations on the new album. Thank you. That's what we're going to talk about after this. Yeah. But we're, it's mandatory that we do a little food stuff. Of course. So... Ranch or blue cheese? Blue cheese all day. Good answer. I I liked you already, but now I like you even more. Oh, yeah. Bacon or sausage? Sausage. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I think I would probably say sausage too, even though I love bacon. And I figured it out when somebody else had the same answer and he explained that like bacon, yeah, it's great, but it's Mm -hmm. it's one note. Yeah, Sausage, there's so many different things. You can put it on a bun. You can, yeah. yeah, So I'm with you on that. Yeah. Cheddar or Swiss? Cheddar. Cheddar. Okay. Yeah, I can go either way on that one. Ketchup or mustard? You know what? 
that one's actually a hard one for me. I'm gonna go with ketchup because I feel like you can, it's more versatile. You can eat it with more things, but I do like mustard too. Okay. What about on a hot dog? See, I always switch it up. Sometimes I'll put just mustard on the hot dog. Sometimes I'll put just ketchup. It depends on my mood. Okay. But I would say more often than not on hot dogs, I would do mustard. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'll give you a pass on the ketchup. On the <laughs> and Mexican or Italian? Oh, man. Hmm. I'm going to go with Italian. Okay. Yeah, I like pasta. Yeah, that's a tough one for me. I, yeah. Um, it, I would probably go Mexican, but like Italian's like like a quarter of an inch behind it. Yeah, the problem with Mexican with me is that I usually modify because I'm not a big fan of beans, and I'm always saying like hold the beans or hold the cilantro, right. or, you know. So I feel like I'm not getting the full experience. Right, but. <laughs> that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So last time when I was here, I didn't know my favorite St. Pete restaurant, but um, I've decided definitely Engine Number Nine, cool. the burger place. It's delicious. What did you get there? Um, you know what? I, it, it's so funny. They get so creative. I know it had bacon and cheddar. I think maybe there was avocado on there or something, mm-hmm. or maybe I had it added. I do remember I kind of went crazy with adding a lot of things, which is why I like that place. But it made Engine Number no. 9 your favorite. Yeah, that's so absolutely. Cool. Yeah, it's one of our favorites, too. The burgers are amazing, and that's what most people think of with Engine Number no. 9 because they just have such creative amazing burgers yeah but there's other stuff too that's really good like believe it or not we did a well we did top 10 burgers they were in there Mm -hmm. but i also did a top five hot dogs in saint pete and engine number nine made that as well i'll have to try the hot dogs they also made the top 10 best wings in saint pete and there might be another one that i can't remember right now yeah well they do they do it right so (laughs) awesome go engine number nine yeah so last time we just got into food questions and music, but let's uh, find out a little bit more about you this time. Awesome. So where are you from originally? Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio. When mm-hmm. did, and when did you arrive in St. Pete and, and how? So I came down, I had family that moved down here way before I was born. They just kind of gave up on the, the Ohio winners and said, we're going to Florida. And then probably when I was around 13, I think. That's when we relocated. My mm-hmm. mother and I moved down just to be with family, and we were just tired okay, so of it was Ohio. A family decision. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. How long have you been uh, playing music? I've been playing music full time for about three years now. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the only, my only source of income. But before that, I mean, probably another five years of going to open mics and you mm-hmm. know playing like once a month, <laughs> wherever cool. I could. And I would say you definitely qualify for full time because I looked at your April calendar. <laughs> You have yeah. way more days on than you do off. Absolutely. And, and, and speaking of which, uh, anybody that wants to see where Frankie Ray is playing, because you're all over. You're all over the entire Tampa Bay area. Yeah, like yeah. Clearwater, Tampa, St. Pete. Siesta Key. Siesta yeah. Key, yeah. So uh, the website is frankieray.com. It is F-R-A-N-K-I-E-R-A-Y-E. So Frankie Ray with an E at the end of ray.com. And then it just says show schedule. Click that and yeah. there's a bunch of stuff happening in April. You should be able to find you somewhere around the Tampa Bay area. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> you have a new album out. Congratulations. I do. Thank you. The name of the album is Brave. Mm-hmm. It has eight tracks and it just came out March 28th. Yes. And it's on pretty much anywhere you can listen to or buy music online. Yeah. You can find it. Mm-hmm. iTunes, Spotify, you know, iHeartRadio, all that. And we are going to play the title track, Brave. Yeah. Uh, let's see. It's, it's kind of... It's, Correct me if I'm wrong. Is it kind of a 90s style folk pop type Kind style? of. Yeah. Yeah. I try to, that's kind of my, my wheelhouse, mm. you know, where I kind of stay in. And so. I mean that in a good way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
so it sounds like it's we talked about this last time too like yeah. what the key was and you had yeah. a, you had a different tuning i th- and i think you had you had you had, you had uh, a trick in there on this one too that i think i figured out let's see if i got it right okay i think it sounds like it's in g sharp with perhaps a capo on the first fret Actually, there is no capo. I am doing some funky chords in there, but I'm, what's funny about this song is that I recorded the acoustic track, and then we took out a lot of the acoustic guitar and just did, you know, the drums and the beats and okay. just a, you know, just a guitar riff. So oh, we kind of cool. stripped it down. So you start it with the guitar to, to, for a bass. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, oh. but um, it, it, it actually kind of took away some of the folky vibe and kind mm-hmm. of more of a modern pop vibe, which is cool. You know, I like that. Speaking of which... Mm-hmm. The kick drum sound is badass. <laughs> How did you do that? Um, that was all the producer. He, uh, yeah, he just laid down the track and he kind of did his little editing and you know. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, originally it kind of sounded more of like a basketball, and then we kind of decided we should sound more of like a marching band mm-hmm. kind of thing. So yeah, it's got a big, big boom. Yeah, kind of, it's got some crunchiness and distortion in there. Yeah, which fits the song, you know, and what the totally. song is about. Let, and let's uh, talk about that briefly. What yeah. What is the song about? So I wrote this song after uh, the Pulse shooting in Orlando. Uh, and I started thinking about all these other events that have just happened. Um, one of them was the Brock Turner rape case. Mm-hmm. Um, people, that was really controversial. Um, so I, I really was just kind of thinking about issues that are happening in our society. But the chorus, I wanted it to be more hopeful. You know, there's all these things that are going on that are terrible in our world, but we need to remember that there's still hope for us. You know, we're not one yet. We're not together, but there's there's hope for us. Yeah, we just need to learn to get along. <laughs> there's a lot of bad people doing a lot of bad things yeah. out there, but overall there's more good. It just seems like there's more bad because it's, you know, when bad it's, things happen. But yeah, it's in the, our faces. And the chorus is just is bright, and it's what what got me. That's when I yeah. said, yeah, we got to do the title track. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So Frankie Ray, thank you so much for coming in. And here we are with Frankie Ray with Brave from the album Brave. his name on the news a Stanford boy couldn't do much harm they never gave her her truth the truth that lies beneath their white smiles but all of us know what this is about boys it takes all we have just to be It takes everything we've got just to be brave in our hearts Through everything we worked for, all the walls we've crushed and the love we've made Save the world 
Loaded and ready, he gave them what they deserved And he saw his skeletons in their smiles Seeing you, he couldn't laugh along But the trigger was pulled and we'll die But the blame now Because it takes all we have just to be Safe It takes everything We've got just to be This is Tig. And this is Art. From Sola Bistro and Wine Bar. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to the St. Petersburg, Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guest, Raphael Perrier. And thanks to our sponsors. Booyah Ramen. Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar. And their sister restaurant, Altomari Fish Bar. And Engine Number 9, where you, you can, can get, get some, some of, of the best burgers, burgers in St. Pete. Pete. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News and our intro music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any other podcast app, please give us a rating, and also remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold. Is it impossible to get a cup of coffee-flavored coffee anymore in this country? 
Huh? What happened with coffee? Did I miss a fucking meeting with the coffee? Huh? You can get every other flavor except coffee-flavored coffee. They got mochaccino, they got chocaccino, frappuccino, cappuccino, rappuccino, alpuccino. What the fuck?